Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we look to you and more than any other time I can think of in my life how much dependent we are upon you at this time. And we put our trust in you. And I pray that this message as I share this morning, Lord, that your spirit will take that and apply it to the people's hearts. That it will give us strength and hope. And I thank you it can be a seed, Lord, that your spirit can build up in the people's heart and give us encouragement and faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. As the service started a few minutes ago, I just sat there and thought uh, of the enormity of the uh, responsibility of bringing a word this morning. Being a previous missionary and pastor, I've probably preached many times, several thousand, and I don't think I've ever felt the pressure to bring the right word uh, as this morning. It's interesting, the message that I want to share is, I read a couple little things just on last Monday, and it just triggered something, and that grew, and it was uh, going over and over in my heart, just of the story of Peter walking on the water. And I just started to share that a Tuesday night at the prayer meeting. And Pastor Jono, Jonathan, who was present, he said, hey, Neil, you're sharing my message for next Sunday. And I was with him when the, the initial news came that his father was uh, sinking, not well. And the decision was made by the people there as we were doing pastoral care that he needed to uh, look at uh, going to see his father. But his father, as we know, passed away not a few minutes later. And Pastor Jonathan said, Neil, you better share on Sunday. And I said, well, I better share that message that you were going to share, that Jesus, uh, about him and Peter walking on water. So we want to read from Matthew chapter 14, uh, verses 22 to 36. Matthew 14, 22 to 36. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowd, after he had dis dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and, he cried, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over the land at Gennesaret, 
And when the men of that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country, and people brought all the sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. May God bless that reading. And so what we've read there is that the disciples were in their boat uh, on the Sea of Galilee. They'd been there for several hours. It was probably most of the night because it was now the fourth watch, and that is somewhere between three and six, and another uh, gospel says it was close to sun sunrise. Anyway, they were there, and in the middle of this chaos of not being able to uh, row against the wind, Jesus came. At first they were afraid, and they thought it was a figure, a ghosty figure walking on the water. They thought this was a ghost. You know, the unknown often brings fear and anxiety, and that's where we're at today. But it's interesting that when all se seemed to be lost and they were struggling to gain any distance, in verse 27 it tells us that Jesus revealed himself. And what he said was, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus constantly reminds us in Scripture in many, many places, it just repeats itself over and over again that Jesus is with us. And more than ever, I feel that we need God's word to, to be implanted into our heart. Because when we put God's word into our heart, it's like a divine seed. And it grows, it multiplies in our hearts. The spirit of God takes us. And whether it's for our guidance or emotions or hope or faith or love or forgiveness... There is, there is no better source than getting lost in God's word. Anyway, uh, another few, couple of passages that are quite interesting to look at is, is in the Old Testament in Daniel 3, in the furnace. There was a fourth person there where Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and that was the Lord. Isaiah 43, 2, another great passage says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers... They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In Matthew 14, 27 to 28, what we've just read, when Jesus introduced himself, he actually introduced himself as El Shaddai. That's an Old Testament Hebrew name or a Hebrew name. But when he claimed uh, in the translation what is there, he, he is actually saying... I am the all-powerful one. I am the God Almighty. I'm El Shaddai. Age to age, still the same. The all-sufficient one. And what it actually means is that, that I can do contrary to the natural creation. I can go against the creative laws. That's how Jesus introduced himself. And Peter's results, uh, response was uh, to want to go and meet Jesus. And as a result of that, a supernatural event happened. As he stepped out to meet Jesus, he walked on water amongst the turbulent waters and gale force winds. I've never had the honour of being able to walk on water, but I can remember one time in my life when I wished I could have. I, we were doing a missionary outreach into the islands that along what we call them the Combi Islands, uh, a long way from Kimby in West New Britain, Papua New Guinea. We'd hired a vehicle to, I mean, a, 
a canoe to drop us on this island. And the island was only about 50 to 70 meters wide by about four, 500 meters long. There was a few people there. And we got marooned on that island. No one came back to pick us up. And we were there for many days. And one morning I got up real early and went and was surprised just on sunrise that there was this massive sandbank that went out for seemed to a couple of kilometers. But there was a deep, uh, uh, sorry, I was being in Papua New Guinea and talking about a Papua New Guinea story. I was nearly going to start to talk in pigeon. <laughs> but uh, th th there was a deep trench between the, the island and the, uh, the sandbank. So I crossed that, waded through it, and then walked for about nearly two kilometers on this sandbank. And I looked back at this the island, I thought, I'm trapped on this island, and I got no way to get off. And I sat there for quite some time and just started worshiping and praying and asking God to help me. And then I noticed where I was sitting on the sandbank, the water was getting closer. And so I thought, I better get back to that island. Uh, I started a fast walk, it wasn't long before it was as fast as I could run and when I got to the trench, uh, now this was not just 40 or 50 metres wide, this was several hundred metres wide. And I'd remember the locals had been telling me that that's where the sharks come around the, the, the island. And so I, I realised I had to cross. And I remembered a funny story of a guy that I'd worked with when we were in a, another sort of similar situation when we were out on mud flaps and uh, the tide had came in. And I said to him, what happens if you see a shark? And he says, well, he said, I'm going to do Peter out of a job. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, he only walked on water. I'm going to run on water. And I can honestly tell you, uh, boy, that time I wanted to run. But somehow I got through that deep trench. No one knew where I was and got back onto the island and several days later uh, got rescued. Anyway, let's get back to this. Peter responded to Jesus' request. When Jesus said, come, he responded to that. And he was supernaturally protected. And then it says in verse 30, as he was walking towards Jesus, it, said, it actually says he looked to the wind and he was afraid. I've never seen this before this week because I'd always looked at it, and I should have known better, that he looked at the water and thought, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be able to walk on the water. But no, the Bible says he didn't look at the water. He looked at the wind and he became afraid. The wind is something interesting you can't see. You know it's there. You hear, it, hear about it or you hear it coming and you feel it coming, but you can't see it. And right now, every one of us are aware that there's an ill will wind coming. We're being told about it again and again, and it's just coming. I'm not saying or hinting that we shouldn't be aware of it, and I'm not saying don't stop listening to about it, but we do need to be careful to take all, to, first of all, to take all the precautions, but we need to be careful that that doesn't become our focus. Because what happens is we take our eyes off the Lord. You know, Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he put it on the wind. And what happened? Anxiety and fear took hold and it took over his life. 
This caused Peter to, for his faith and his trust to waver. Peace and trust left. You know, peace is not the absence of stress or a problem. Peace is having the Lord Jesus Christ present in whatever situation we're in. That's what peace is. You know, Jesus presented himself, or he became, he was the Prince of Peace. He's the one that gives peace that surpasses all understanding. It surpasses all natural understanding. And when we look to him, that's the peace he gives. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose all thoughts are fixed on you. I'll read that again. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Focusing on all the circumstances causes more anxiety. Circumstances change. And what happens then? Worry robs you of your peace. Make sure at this moment that we're focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the greatest way to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ is to be disciplined more than ever in reading the Word of God. It says that Peter then looked back to the Lord. He refocused on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he looked, what he cried out was, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus did give him a small rebuke and say to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But the interesting thing that the point I get out of this is nothing in the natural could keep Peter upright. He couldn't reach out and grab something. He couldn't reach out and hold something. He was sinking. And what happened? Jesus reached out and caught him. What amazing grace that the Lord Jesus shows. What amazing love that he has towards us. And this morning I realized that we have nothing in the natural to hang on to, nothing. No one's come up with a, a true cure yet. So what do we do? Lord, save me and trust that the Lord can reach out and rescue us. Jesus steps into the boat. He shows that he is Lord. He's Lord of the wind. He's Lord of the sea and he's Lord of the waves. He's Lord of everything. He then follows up when he reaches land and people are healed. As I said earlier, I want to, want to encourage you more than ever to pray. I believe intercessory does prayer. There are numerous references right throughout the Old Testament of different plagues, and I'm not going to go and uh, separate all of them, but there are many of them, and they were all stopped by prayer. In 1983, when I was a missionary in Papua New Guinea, Alison, who's sitting here this morning, and myself, we got attacked by about a dozen rascals, drunken rascals as we called them. I retreated to the house and they continued to stone the house and uh, stone came through and I was already uh, being injured and Alison stoned and hit her. We had a couple that were staying with us and uh, the, he was the man of that situation was helping us build at that time. And his wife, a little bit older than us, who's actually still alive today in her mid-90s, a great lady, Eileen Mychuk, 
And she started quoting from Psalms 91 and praying. And she was halfway through that. I was going to the radio for help and probably panicking a little. And she just took over and started praying and quoting Psalms 91. And in mid of that, those guys stopped. They just stopped and took off. I believe that we need to declare the authority of God's word over our homes and families. Don't let the enemy rob you of your joy and your hope. This week, I've decided to take Psalms 91 and every morning before I go for my bike ride, I'm reading that. And God has given us that authority of being priests over our home and over the area that we cover. And I'm claiming that over my home, uh, over my family. Yesterday morning, very early, I got the bike. I went out into the foyer of our unit. I'd forgot to read Psalms 91. My co-writers can wait. I went back and I reread that. And I believe that it's, as I read that, it's somehow it's strengthening me and strengthening my faith. Declare the authority of God's word over your home and families. As I said, don't let the enemy rob you. Last Sunday, I gave the illustration of a compass. And when you put a compass down, it wavers a little bit, but then it always comes back to the north. Don't feel bad if you're wavering a little bit. Don't feel bad as, as we hear the news and all those negative thoughts that operate. But put your eyes back on the Lord Jesus and you'll find the compass will stay on the north. It might waver a little. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you're with us this day. And no matter what the circumstances are around us, we put our trust and faith in you. And I thank you, Lord, that as you held Peter when he cried out to you, when he took his eyes off the circumstances and looked back to you and cried out, you reached out and you lifted him. You held hold of him. And this morning, Lord, we cry out to you, Lord, in desperation. We need you. We need you to help us. We need you to protect our families and, and all our church people. You need to, Lord, our, our government needs you. And I thank you, Lord, as we cry out to you that we know that we have a saviour that will reach out his hand and hold us up. Thank you for that security. Thank you for those promises. And I pray for everybody that's listening today, Lord, that their faith will be built up, their trust will be built up in you. And Lord, that I've sown little seeds that will inspire them to pray more, to read your word more. And Lord, that their faith, again, as I've already prayed, will just go from strength to strength. In Jesus' name, amen.